Hey everybody, welcome back to That Scale RC Show for episode number 36. This is one of your hosts, Jeremy, along with... Adam Dean. I knew you were going to say your last name. <laughs> I purposely I... didn't say mine to see if you were going to say yours. You you, ne- you know that like for the last like six or seven episodes you haven't said your last name? I didn't know that. I thought I was being all like original this time. <laughs> I'm an unoriginal prick. That's great. I think even last time you didn't say it. Probably no, not. No, you're, I think you're no, because even like last least. time. When, well, when I when I introduced last time, I even think I said my full name, and then I and then you just said Jeremy, and then we went into talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm easily entertained. Obviously, <laughs> it's all good. Everybody knows who we are. I could probably drop the last name. We could probably just drop our names altogether. Like, you know, it's it's weird. I I don't know what happened, but it kind of feels like things like exploded in the last month or so for us. Like, the numbers are going up crazy, and we have like 500 likes on Facebook now, which blows mm-hmm. my mind. Like that. I mean, I remember when it was 200, and it was like that way for a couple months, and. Uh, you know, it's really funny because when remember when we first started doing this, we were talking to Trav when he was helping us get all set up and everything. And he's like, you know, don't get discouraged if it takes a long time to take off. You know, that's pretty typical. And, uh, you know, so don't let that stop you if you don't have many listeners to begin with and just ride it out and it gets better. And like it that is definitely true because that's that's what happened. And it's pretty crazy, you know, and now I'm like perusing facebook and stuff and i'll see our sticker on somebody's stuff randomly and it's i don't know it's just it's rad it's it, i i love seeing it gain traction and people actually enjoying it and stuff so it's really cool yeah um i think i remember i told you when i first looked into doing a podcast you know that was the first thing that almost like anything like if you google or even go on youtube and just look up starting your own podcast there's some great like if anybody listening wants to start their own podcast it uh, doesn't necessarily have to be like RC. It can be whatever you want to start it, you know, on. Um, but there's there's a couple good ones on there where like they'll tell you like you know this is you know the steps like you know obviously you need equipment, software, and there's a lot of stuff that's lower end and slash free that you could use before you know get, jumping into like super professional production type. Um, equipment and the first thing they all say is don't be surprised if the first you know episode to like the first like 20 episodes have like little to no followers because you know you're just starting you're just getting it out there they said the key the at least w- what they said on their end was the key ways to get traction faster is like for instance when you find what the podcast is on whatever the, the the host is, like for instance, like if you're on iTunes or Spotify or um, what's the other one, Stitcher, um, like you, you have a good description of what your show is about. So that way when they read it, they say, oh, cool, that sounds interesting. You want to get them a little intrigued there and then let your show do the rest of the talking and then eventually – they say kind of just like snowballs and like they tell their friends and their friends tell their friends and then it starts becoming I 
popular enough that I think it'll pop up. I mean, I think iTunes works this way. I've never really just browsed through podcasts, but I think if something starts like gaining traction, I think they kind of like move it around, almost kind of like how their iTunes list is, like with artists. Like when you go to mm-hmm. look up stuff, it'll give you like a list of like who's trending kind of thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's, you know. It'd be crazy to know exactly you know, like how people found out about us, whether, cause I kind of feel like we wouldn't have any listeners whatsoever if it wasn't for Facebook, but it would be interesting to see, you know, like what, how people found out, whether it's like word of mouth or social media or, or what it would, it would just be interesting. Bribes. Yeah. <laughs> cause I, I guarantee we're probably not coming up super high in any searches or anything like that. Cause we're still pretty small and you know, it's, it's probably going to stay that way. We're a, you know, niche within a niche. So that's just yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you still got to be thankful and appreciative for the little, the little or any amount that you ever get because, you know, oh, yeah. the fact that other people want to actually listen to you ramble on about, you know, what could be nonsense to some people is, you know, it's pretty humbling. Yeah. Cause I think the average person would probably find this show super boring, you know, like, I, I almost feel like maybe we attract more like builder types and RTR types with our show because I I mean aside from like getting some basic information I mean really a lot of it seems like a lot of what we talk about is just like making stuff you know true which leads into kind of what we were gonna start with tonight which was um, we had a question by was it was it Chris Trudeau is that who it was that asked um, about the winches actually i have uh, let me pull that up because i know i should have had that up too i'm being very unprofessional right now no mine actually and i'll tell you who it was from in a second because i'll have to open up um i'll have to open up uh instagram for that geez 22 comments on this wow Sorry, everybody. We weren't prepared for class here. Um, no, Chris Trudeau was talking about um, knockoffs, which yeah. we, we can go across that. Um, Dang it, dude. I don't see it now. No, because I don't think it was in here. Basically, what I was going to say is um, let me pull it up right now So, like, because, like I said, I want to read it word for word um, and all that fun stuff. Oh, here we go. It, it was mixed in with another one. It was Dylan Hunter. So he said, how do you feel about getting a tier of patrons where they get scale signs of of scale starting or end gates with the scale RC show branding on it for their comps or trails? And then he says, uh, in an actual question, what's the pros and cons to a servo winch and a scale worn winch? So which, um, which one do, do you want to hit first out of those two? Uh, well, I want to cover the the winches. I'm just trying to look because I was talking to him last night about it. Oh, his name's Travis Engel. So he's a listener of our show because that's how he first reached out to me. Because I want to say, yeah, he lists, He's yeah. So he reached out a while ago. Um, and you know wanted to. You know, and he just wanted to reach out, say hi, and then he had a couple, you know, questions about um, 
the scale aspect because he said he's just getting into it. Um, but last night he had a, he had some questions about uh, winches um, because he's running a worn uh, winch and I believe he's trying to work it off the third channel on I want to say he has a Fataba. Hmm. Which sucks because I am not familiar with their radios whatsoever. Which is I'm kind of the same way. I'm not very familiar with with those. I'm but, I'm like you. I've I've been a Spectrum guy for ever too long. Yeah, I have an old Futaba radio, so it's, it's uh yeah. So, um, he was trying to get to work off of that, and and I was trying to help him the best I could. Uh, you know, because the way he's setting it up, I haven't really set up any of the winches that way. Like for like that winch that he's using, I'm familiar with because Michelle's dad has it on one of his 1.9 cars, and we actually bought the winch, and then bought the little controller like the key fob thing that goes oh, with yeah, it. Oh yeah, that wireless one. Yeah, so you could just use that to get it to work because of course he doesn't he's one of those he doesn't really at that time wasn't really into having like all these crazy remotes. So he was actually still using the stock tactic remote. So he it didn't have a spot, you know, to add it. So he had that and we just zip tied it to the bottom of the remote so you had it. Um, that tactic that radio work. is not a fun one to try and program for a winch if you have the three channel. Like you can yeah. do it, but man, you be prepared to spend like an hour trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, so he. Um, so anyway, so that's the setup we had. Um, and then also, you know, those winches. Yeah, they, they get the job done. If you're gonna have it on the front of a vehicle, that that winch not only works but it looks good. But if you're looking for a winch to be more, you know, functional than actually looking like it's supposed to, then a servo winch is the way to go. Um, I've done my very first servo winch. I did myself. I made a homemade out of a. I almost want to say it was out of an old high tech. I want to say you take the main gear out, or maybe it was out of a um, out of a tactic. Out of one of those, I don't know. All I remember is I took the case apart, took out the main gear, took a Dremel, ground down the internal stop, and then put it all back together, and then mounted a, a like a metal sewing like bobby um, to it. So I had a drum to put winch line on. It worked. The problem was what they call winch creep and especially mm -hmm. with something like that where you don't have a controller controlling it when you when you're going eventually it either the line will suck in or let out depending on you know how it's set up yeah and that's when my second go of a winch or servo winch was um I had purchased a uh Ironically, it, I think it's the same letters, just not the same company. Uh, a KMS winch. Mm -hmm. uh, KMS used to make a lot of winches. I don't know if they still do. I haven't, you know, went to look. But uh, I purchased one of theirs, and then I ordered a HeyOK winch controller. So you basically had to pull that winch apart 
solder the leads from the winch controller onto the motor of the servo winch, then you can plug that into your third channel, and then all you had to do is set up your third channel to match the controller you got. Like, for instance, that controller I got, if I'm not mistaken, was a three position. It yeah. was forward, then you tap it back again, and it centers, and then tap it back again, and it would and it would wind in, and then you push back center, and it would stop. Now that actually got your, you know, with that setup, because it's a controller controlling it, it would actually have no winch creep whatsoever. Um, another way around this, if you wanted to get super, you know, like I guess you could say technical, we did this with one of um, Michelle's dad's rigs. We, I, after I built him his one truggy, he wanted a servo winch, so he, so I built him a servo winch the way I built mine to kind of, you know, do it on the, you know, cheaper end because I had a bunch of servos laying around, and we did the same setup, put a, bo a bobbin on there, so that way it had a a, win a drum for the line. Well, we we actually did was we put an inline switch for the power. So basically, if he wanted a winch, he'd re reach down, flip a switch on the rig, and then he would use the winch. And that way, it wasn't going to spool out while he was driving or suck in, you know, when it was driving, whatever way it you know, decides to go. Um, and that worked pretty well. Um, and actually, that rig's still running and in that same configuration. So, you know, but the servo winches are definitely stronger than those little worn winches. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the best way I could say to do it. The other alternate way to get a servo winch to work is using a speed controller to, um, you know, to control it. Like, I've seen people use, you know, all kinds of things, like from a stock axial speed control to, you know, a small... Um, like an like, FXR or something. Kind of like an FXR, or even like I've seen people use the small. What is it? The the Holmes. It's the micro one that they have. Um, I think it's the BRX Mini or Micro or something like that. And basically, what you're doing is instead of attaching it to a motor of a car, you're just attaching it to the servo. The benefit of that also is because it's a speed controller, it's also not giving you the immediate power. So like you almost can ramp up kind of like when you pull the trigger and you're going to drive, how kind of like you can control the level. It's kind of the same way you can almost like ramp it up so it's not like instant boom, just pulling. Right. Um, and you have drag brake too, which is sick about using an ESC because drag brake with just a load of, you know, having a winch motor connected to it is super, super sick and has a lot of holding power. So that's, that's another like huge bonus for using an ESC for a controller. But yeah. And then I guess the next part is just like getting, you know, creative enough now to like, do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to buy one? I mean, there's a lot of different options. Like when I was talking with, um, I forgot his name again, Travis, mm -hmm. is that what I, what I, uh, yeah, Travis Engel. Yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, and I, I sent him a couple different options to look for. Like, I mean, I haven't looked at servo winches, and I don't know how long. The last one I bought was from Cody at CBE. Um, he, I think I bought the Juggernaut 
for one of my builds, and it kind of came all done. He's got the wiring done internally inside the case, supposed to have no winch creep and all that stuff. Um, I haven't, you know, it's one of those things. It was on. It's this is why I personally stopped using winches is because. I ended. I there was at one point I was like, it's got to have a winch, and I was putting it on like every rig, and then like I never used it. Right. So I just kind of was like, all right, well, what's the point? You know, I'm spending all this time and using a, you know, using up all this like space on a car slash using a, you know, using up a spot on your receiver, you know, and all the extra wiring. So I was like, I never use it. So I stopped, you know, putting them on there. Yeah, we well with me we do you know a lot of comps and stuff and plus i'm like super nerd and i'll like if nobody's looking and i'm out by myself or something i'll actually mess around like winching on stuff and everything but yeah no it's it's uh i think it's fun to have you know like if you're not afraid to like get super dorky and you know start using it when you're out with your buddies and stuff like it, it is fun to play around with um so like my experiences with winches in servo versus the worn style um i have i've had quite a few of the rc four-wheel drive ones and 9.5 cti worn and one of them i've got is like from 2015 or tw no 2016 excuse me and uh -huh. the thing is still going like it, it's lasted a really long time i haven't had to replace a motor in it it hasn't stripped any gears or anything it's just now starting to make some funny noises but for an average like six to seven pound rig those work pretty decent um if you like the look of having the winch and everything on the front of your rig because they are way realistic and you want to get more performance out of it rc uh no excuse me it's locked up rc they offer a upgrade winch motor and gearbox for something ridiculous like 12 or 14 dollars it's not much at all and a buddy of mine had one of those on a really heavy rig and it had like you know the old school scx 10 curry f9s and stuff on it and it was really really heavy but man that thing was a little monster once he swapped out that motor with the locked up rc one so um i would recommend I mean, it, it, spend the extra money and get one of those also and build like a rad, you know, really good performing bumper style winch. Um, those work really well. The, they, I, I've had them kind of be a little soft and not have a lot of holding power. Um, so, you know, it, it depends on what you're driving, how heavy it is and the terrain that you're on and everything else. Now, I, I totally agree with what you said about servo winches being like superior as far as like the holding power and stuff. And honestly, I think if you have the space, cause that, that seems to be like the big issue up until like this last year or two is there hasn't been a lot of rigs that had space for a servo winch. It was like really required a lot of thought to make something mount. And then I think Axial was the first one to put it behind the steering servo on the SCX 10 too. And then, for whatever reason, on some of the RTRs, they stopped including or installing some of the parts to actually be able to install the servo winch on it, which I thought was really strange. Um, I'm not really sure why that is the case. I don't know if it's because of parts trees and those parts are, you know, with the kit style transmission. I'm, I'm not really sure what the reasoning is there. But, uh, 
you know, now you've got like the Vanquish rig and you've got the element that have spots for a servo winch. And if you have the room to do it and an easy way of installing it, go for it. Cause it's definitely like, like you had said, superior, um, Hey, okay. And KMS make really, really good ones. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about KMS servo winches and then, uh, the hey okay stuff's really nice too some of it's a little expensive um i know power power shift makes some too but i i don't have any experience with theirs if it's anything like their led stuff it's probably really good too yeah see that was one that popped up when i was looking last night to um to send him you know some some i guess examples when i was on a main's website and i looked up servo winch dude some of the power shift ones are like reaching almost like 250 bucks. Yeah, they're crazy, but that like honestly, if if I had the money to spend something like that on a winch from him, I would because like he's a very and god damn it, you know, I I can't remember his name for the life of me, but the dude is very very intelligent and uh his his LED stuff's crazy and like the quality is just incredible. So I know his winches, I mean, the guy knows his stuff, so I'm sure the winches are super sick. Um, if you're on a budget and this is what I've done for practically every servo winch. So I, when we were running a lot of axial cars, I had like a ton of tactic servos. So I was using those for servo winches. But the problem is with the tactic servo is the potentiometer and that thing's metal, the, the knob and the housing and that's a problem because when you're building a servo winch so if it's like the tactic one you got to take it apart and then the output gear that has the output shaft on it you need to take a set of like side cutters or dikes and grab that pin and just pull that pin out because it's just press fit in there so there's like not even any cutting or anything you have to do on that part of it um take that output gear and the inside of it is keyed for the potentiometer for the the knob on it because a knob has two flat surfaces to lock it in so you take that output gear and it'll have either a plastic insert that you can remove or dremel or it's metal on the higher quality servos and you have to like actually drill the thing out and you want to make it big enough to where that potentiometer knob isn't going to make any contact and not move and that's the hard part where you get that winch creep is from that stupid potentiometer and i don't know of a good way I'm not smart enough electri- you know, electrically to come up with a good way of bypassing the potentiometer because there's three wires that go to it. I've tried putting two of them together, soldering all three. I've never been able to try and figure out a way around that. So what I started using, and I see a lot of people buying these and recommending them, but they're garbage servos for steering like I mean, they do okay. They're better than most RTR ones, but it's those 20 kilogram red Amazon servos and you can get them for anywhere from like 16 to 20 bucks. And they're super slow. I wouldn't recommend it as a steering servo um, because it doesn't, they're just not great for that. But they make an excellent servo winch. And the reason is when you pull the top of it off, um, the gears are all steel in it. 
not brass or anything soft like a lot of the others so it's all steel gears there's no plastic gears and the output shaft doesn't have the pins so when you buy the servo it already will spin 360 degrees continuously and you don't have to change anything so really if you buy the red amazon one you pop the base of it off pull the board out pull the carefully pull the potentiometer out because those wires are really really small and it's easy to break um, pull the potentiometer out and on the Amazon servos the potentiometer is plastic and the knob is plastic so once you find that I mean it is like a hair width where you find that neutral position where it's not creeping out or in you can CA glue the knob and it'll stay in place then whereas the CA glue doesn't really hold on like the tactic style or most of the other ones that have a metal potentiometer. So it's kind of like just an accident that I had stumbled across this with these. And it was just, just a stroke of luck that it had a plastic pot in it and you could glue the thing. And those make an excellent, excellent servo winch and uh, super strong. And I haven't had one fail or anything. It doesn't creep on me. And you're into a servo winch, like less than 20 bucks. And it, doesn't take much more than some gluing and then a little bit of you know just drilling out that keyed section of the output gear and you're done so i if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you want to tackle something like that it's a pretty easy project one of these days i'd like to do a video of doing it to put on our page so we can show everybody because i mean for 20 bucks why wouldn't you go ahead and do it you know so um I think that's a great option if you can go with the servo winch and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And if you do happen to break it, which I haven't yet, you know, big deal. It's 20 bucks, buy another one and do it all over again. Yeah, no, I mean, that is funny you bring that up because that's one thing that Ryan Crowley's always brought up to me, um, being that we're on the MKS team. Um, I know, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but, uh, MKS actually, doesn't have an internal stop so theoretically if you didn't have the board to tell it to come to a stop it would continuously spin the whole way around see that's what so my Tekken servos spin like that but and i didn't realize it like i thought that you could just use them as a servo winch and you can use hot wire on or program them and stuff which i've never tried to mess with but i asked ty about it at Tekken, and he actually told me that like it's only good for 360 degrees and then after that it won't go and it's something to do with the board and so there's really nothing you can do on that particular one i think unless you physically modify it like i was talking about but i've never had a tekken servo apart yet i'm they're kind of expensive and i'm too afraid to do it yeah no i get what you're saying it's kind of the same thing the mks i've never had one that i've had you know wanted to say oh let me take this apart and let me see if it'll work um I probably could. Dude, that 599 HBL would be such a gnarly servo winch. Well, that or... That would be, like, the strongest thing ever. That or even the... Like, well, it's the same specs as the HBL 380, but yeah. the 380 just has the bigger output shaft is all. Right. So... And, and like, I'm... So I, I'm kind of fortunate, like, sponsor-wise, that I can kind of use whatever servo I want. Like, you know, I can choose from, like, Protect, Tekken, um, 
or you know my son's sponsored by MKS and I've just recently started using a lot of their servos um, just because Travis has spares and stuff and has them available and you know from like a non-partial standpoint like dude the mks stuff is really solid like i and i know we talk about it all the time and it sounds like we're brown nosing but damn those are nice servos yeah i'm like i said i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm a little you know biased when it comes to that so yeah which which is fine but i mean it's like even taking that into consideration like you're still you're not wrong you know what i mean yeah. Well, like I said, it's always been like one of those, um, you know, I've said it in the past when we did our sponsorship video or video um, episode, we see I ran MKS before getting sponsored. So it's like getting familiar with the product before it like really benefited, you know, because it's like, wow, this is a product that I could actually stand behind and I enjoy and I love. And you know, now I get to actually, you know, be on the team and promote it even more. It like just, you know, it just makes it so much easier. But like you said, it is a great product. I've never, you know, we can call it brown nosing, whatever, but you know, it's like calling the kettle black. If it is, it is. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. There's no denying it. Like you just, you do not hear someone say, Oh, MKS servos are garbage. It's like, <laughs> You'll hear that they're expensive, maybe, but yeah. that that's it. Like, they're badass. I mean, it, it's good stuff. And you know what was really sick, too? And not to, like, you know, sit here and brown nose Teakin or anything, but I really like the way that Jim handled introducing their servos. So the post that they made about it on the team page before everything was, you know, like about to go live and stuff, he said... Hey, you know, existing team drivers and stuff, you're not required to run our servos. You can if you want, but we think once you check them out, you're going to want to. And he just left it at that. Like, there was no pressure or anything weird, and I just, I kind of, I really like how he handled that. Like, I thought that was, like, a really good way of, you know, trying to promote their stuff, but then also, you know, not be super demanding of his team either you know so I, I just thought that was a cool way to handle that yeah and, and here we are going from winches to service <laughs> you mean sir what was it winch yeah you're right winches to servos uh, i keep forgetting that you know tekin does have the, the servo um so i was like well we went from like motors and escs to servos but yeah but uh yeah so I, I guess we answered both of those questions. Yeah, let me. I'm going to pull that up right now. Oh, um, so with Dylan, as far as the Patreon tier thing, we didn't cover that. Um, talking about scale signs of scale starting or end gates with that scale or seashow branding on it for comps or trails. Um, not opposed to it. I don't know how many listeners do comps versus just, you know, casually just, you know, enjoying the hobby. Um, so I don't know if that is something that patrons would be stoked on necessarily just cause I, you know, I don't know if the demand is actually there or not, not opposed to it. I would just have to, you know, I, I would most likely be the one to have to figure out how to make them and what they would look like and stuff like that. Um, I, 
I would love to say yes to like everything that everybody suggests, you know, cause obviously like, you know, you want to give back and do something awesome. And, uh, I just, I don't know if I could execute that in a timely manner and, uh, have it, I, I don't even know what it would look like to start with. <laughs> like, I'm just, I mean, but that that's how things like that go. You know, it's like, I'll probably, it'll come to me a week from now and it'll just hit me like, oh, you know what? Now I know how to do that. And it, that's just kind of how my brain works. You know, it, like the inspiration comes at really weird times for me. So it, I'm yeah. not ruling it out. Well, also, I guess to also kind of like answer some of like those questions that people have about Patreon, we did discuss this the other night. And we basically narrowed it down to I think we're gonna have like three tiers. I think we're gonna do like you can do like your your dollar tier or whatever, um, like a five dollar tier and then a ten dollar tier. You know, it, depending on what people you know want to do. And obviously, the higher one is gonna have a little more benefits than the middle one, um, and vi- you know, and even thus more than the one dollar. But at the same time. We're still in the middle trying to figure out what we're like gonna do for the middle tier, just so that way everybody kind of feels like they're getting something that you know they're putting into you know to an extent. Exactly. Um, and we basically have come up that far. We're still ironing out a few more details. Um, and then obviously, if anybody wants to put in anything more, you know, you could do whatever your heart desires. We're not asking for anything more. We're just going to try and set it up that way. So it's just easier for people to see what it is, what they're getting, and, you know, easy to kind of like organize it all too. Yeah. And you guys have been awesome waiting for us to kind of develop the whole Patreon thing and, you know, not like, hey, what are we going to get back or anything like that? That hasn't even been a question yet. You guys have just kind of for the most part, just sort of left us alone to kind of come up with something. And so that, that's awesome. Which, and which I like, I, I'll say, I feel very confident. We're like 95% ironed out. If yeah. we could just finalize this middle tier, the $5 tier, then we're ready to announce it. Everybody will know what's going on. It'll be very transparent and we can move forward. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, we, we didn't want to do more than 10 bucks because like, we don't want to appear greedy. Like we're like, you know, trying to like make all this money off of this or anything. And the balance that we're trying to find here for you guys is having enough money to give you cool rewards, whether it's a one-time thing for whatever you pledge to or a monthly thing. So we're trying to figure that out, but um, we need to figure out a way to have money to cover rewards for you guys but then also we need to be able to have some sort of a budget too to where we can still cover you know our $15 subscription fee through Podbean and then have money to improve the show and get like you know better mics or you know something for video and uh you know a soundboard and stuff like that so I mean we we can't blow it all on rewards because we do need you know some of it to advance our quality of the program too so we're trying Mm -hmm. to find that balance but um no i just wanted to say thank you to you guys because you've been really cool about letting us figure it out and not pressuring us and making us feel bad that we haven't you know come up with something to give back right away already yeah no i couldn't agree more god i'm old i can't believe i like lost my train of thought halfway through saying that it's okay. I do it sometimes. It's too. been a week, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> I do it. I do it too. And then you start stuttering, and then you like, yeah. yeah. I, it just and I feel like such a 
moron when I do that. But anyways, so yeah. Um, so that's where we're at with the Patreon stuff. Um, so do you want me to just start going down the list, at least the way it's on my phone, and we'll just start yeah, knocking out these questions? Yeah, in case people missed the Facebook post. So the the big topic, and this is what most of our questions are centered around, is that we, we wanted to talk about customer and manufacturer interaction on social media and why you should play nice. So that was the post. And so most of these questions and comments are geared around that topic. And this is one of those topics where it could take off and, you know, we could spend the next hour talking about it. So we wanted to get like the winch and technical questions and stuff out of the way so that we didn't have to like try and cram that in at the end of the show and had a little more freedom to discuss, you know, what the topic was. And it sounds like everybody um, is kind of on board with it and had a lot of input and things to say, almost more so than we've had with any other topic. And I think it's because, like, social media has been, like, the last month or so has just been super toxic and really a bad scene. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if people are getting cabin fever and not, you know, waiting for springs so they can get out and have some fun and blow off some steam so they have a bunch of time on their hands right now while it's winter. And so they're being twerps on the Internet. But anyways, that's what we're going to discuss. Okay. Well, the first one, at least in the list the way I have it, isn't about our main topic. It just says – it was from Aaron Hoffmeyer, iTunes yet. Um, <laughs> what, how do we answer that? Sorry? Just we're sorry? <laughs> if, if you knew – if you know how to talk to iTunes and let let them know our frustrations, you know, we'd be gladly, you know – to just like fix it, you know, and just be able to get it done. But every time we send off the, you know, the podcast to be approved by iTunes, and all it takes is we just need to get that done once, and then we're done. That's it. It always comes back with an error. There's always yeah. an error. And the big error for a long time was just the picture. It needed to be in RGB color mode versus CMYK which we did, and that still didn't take care of it. And the, the really shitty part with iTunes is that it, I, I think a bot handles all of the question-type things that you have for the iTunes podcasts because I, I've asked questions, like really specific questions, and I get nothing back. I mean, like there's been no support whatsoever, no help with it or anything. So, I, I mean – me personally, I'm at a complete loss and like I consider my kid to be pretty smart, you know, technology wise and they still haven't been able to get their podcast on it yet either. So, you know, I don't know, maybe it's going to take reaching out to Tim Smith and swallowing our pride and saying, hey, dude, we're dumb. I can't figure it out. Can you please help? And, uh, you know, kind of figure it out. But I, I'm at a loss personally. I don't know what to do. Yeah, see, and that's what the, and that's what's frustrating, especially when you can't really get a hold of somebody and actually say, "Hey, why is this going on?" And it's as simple as them saying, "Oh, you silly! It was just the wrong size." Oh, da, 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 you know, or something like that. Like it's they give you the most generic answer back. You don't know what to do next. It's just yeah, it's frustrating. It's really hard. Yeah, it's so. Um, we're sorry. We haven't given up, but we're just kind of at a standstill right now because we don't know what to do. Honestly. Yeah. Then Eli Hazen 
Um, he said, I think it's awesome when you can reach the owner of a company on social media. With that being said, I also see why some are not on social media or at least don't interact on social media. Too many people are keyboard warriors and they say things they would never say if they were face-to-face -face with that person. Boy, is that true. That is very true, um, and I'll actually put this out there because um, – and, like, I want people to, like, hear this because it's not – like, I'm not making this up when I say this. Like, I am one of those that kind of fall into that category. Like, like I have social media, clearly. I have, you know, Facebook. I have Instagram. I'm on Instagram more than I am on Facebook, so, like – it's just one of those things for me. Instagram is just so much easier to navigate. You just simply mm -hmm. you're on the app, you're scrolling through, you see the photo, you can double tap to like it or hit the heart icon or you can keep scrolling and if you choose to comment, you can comment. The other beauty about Instagram is if somebody puts something up that they really don't want to see any of the comments or they don't want to see anybody bickering or fighting or whatever, you can actually turn the comments off so they literally have the option to like or not like it and then keep scrolling. So to me, it's just a much easier, smoother platform yeah. whereas like Facebook is so much more, you know, like there it's like the bigger rabbit hole. It's like one person can like it, one person can comment, this person can share it to this person and then that person can, you know, it's just like there's just so much that can go on. I mean, yeah, you can share stuff that goes on on Instagram too, but it's just like the way it, it happens on Facebook, I don't know. I just personally don't like it. So like if people ever try to like that's the one thing I'm I'm really working on this year for multiple reasons. Um to, to change but like on Facebook I'm trying to be a little more active at least enough to check my notifications more because like I feel bad there's sometimes there's people that friend request me and they sit there for like two three four weeks before I even notice because I don't really check in that often yeah and see I think I'm gonna be able to offer like a completely different view of the whole social media thing than you. So I, I think this is like a good, a good question because you're, at, you're at like the customer end of things, you know, and like the hobbyist end. And then I'm on the business end of things with social media and stuff. And I agree with you about Instagram. I prefer it. Um, there's less BS and drama, less trolls. And it was just a more pleasant place to be. Like, honestly, Facebook to me is like the people of Walmart of social media. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like the people of Walmart uh, website or anything like that, but like, it's just a shit show. And honestly, like, that's how I feel Facebook is like, it's just turned into this sad bunch of angry dickheads that have nothing better to do and I don't I don't know why that is you know um there's so many things you can do with your time rather than just sit on the internet and be pissed off and I I don't understand that and I probably never will but if, as far as I, I get what he's saying about hitting up 
a manufacturer on Facebook, you know, on social media and being able to get a hold of them right away and stuff. I get that because Facebook's kind of like an internet within the internet, you know. You can shop there, you can do just about anything on Facebook that you can on the regular internet. So it's kind of this weird environment. But from a business standpoint, the reasons that so I, I I've to back up a little bit, I was always kind of criticized by people for not being not engaging enough on Facebook because I did prefer Instagram and I would just share posts from Instagram to Facebook and then that was it. And I would never really spend any time on SOR's Facebook or anything like that because, you know, I just didn't need to. Um, it is nice for a customer to be able to reach you. It is nice to have that personal interaction. The problem is for me, um, I've lost a lot of privacy because of that, because you get customers and people you don't know friend requesting you, and it just turns into all these work questions and stuff. And the problem is, is that people don't respect your personal time. You know, they don't take into consideration that you have a family and you've got to make dinner and you've got kids to put to bed and help with homework and stuff. And so you get these jackasses on Facebook that will message you and, you know, it'll be 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock sometimes at night. And you'll get, you know, like the question mark, question mark, question mark if you don't reply right away and stuff. And it's like, man, in what world is a decal company a 24-hour-a-day business? Like, whatever it is that you need for your toy car, it can freaking wait until the next day. You know, like, you, there is nothing that you need to contact me about at 11 o'clock at night during a week or on a weekend that can't wait until the next day, you know? So there's all these boundaries that people cross and they're really inconsiderate and they don't take into consideration that you do have a personal life. And if you're not addressing their needs, they perceive that as bad customer service. It's like, well, it, it's not, you know, like, you know, I, I mean, can, can you reach your technician at the dealership when you drop your car off at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday? You know, like, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it doesn't happen for, like, your car you depend on for work. It, it's certainly not going to happen for a toy car. You know what I mean? So um, it frustrates me because there's no boundaries there. And uh, then people think that if you're Facebook friends, now you're like real life buddies and then they expect discounts and deals and freebies and stuff because, you know, you're friends now on Facebook and, you know, it's like, you know, sorry, we're not really friends. Like I added you to this. I don't know you from anyone else. And, you know, no, we're not like bros and you get a hookup now. So that was really frustrating because I would get a lot of messages from people like just asking for stuff, you know, like, hey, you know, sponsor me or, you know, and all this stuff. And it was just a really inappropriate way of handling things. Um, from a logistic standpoint, being a, a small business like myself, where it's me and my son, and he does something completely different that doesn't really impact any of the stuff I do, which is the bulk of the work here. He does like hard parts development and drawing and on CAD and stuff like that. So I handle all the other stuff. And the frustrating thing for me is for one person having 
uh, inbox on Instagram, having an inbox on Facebook, having your personal inbox, and then having your business email. That's four inboxes to try and keep track of and go back and scroll through. And, and like, I prefer email, and most companies do, especially if they're dealing any kind of volume like what we do now. Um because emails are timestamped, you've got a message chain right there that you can look at from one email. You can look at your entire correspondence down to the very first time one of you reached out to each other. So it's super easy to keep track of conversations that way. When you're sending messages about work stuff to my personal Facebook, you know, I've got, you know, cat memes and buddies sending dirty jokes and, you know, it's my personal Facebook, you know, it's not for work. And I don't check my messages on there if I don't feel like it because it's my personal one. You know, there's nothing in my inbox of any substance. And so, you know, there's a proper like channel for doing things. And email is a way to do that, you know, and that leads into a lot of what we're talking about with this discussion is the fact that it's like there's a right way and a wrong way to approach manufacturers for help. And when you have an issue or a problem, you contact them, you email them or you call them or whatever. And that that's your first step. It, it's not throw a baby fit on Facebook and then wait for them to respond and kiss your ass in front of everybody watching, you know, like that, that's not the way to do it. And you're not going to get a good response by being a jerk to people. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, proper channels is everything. Um, I get the accessibility thing. Um, for businesses that don't have a large staff, it's just not realistic. It's not. Email is the only easy alternative. And like Vanquish, for example, they're they're considered a small business, even though they have, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars worth of equipment and stuff, you know, they, they're not, you know, they don't have 40 employees and stuff like that, you know. And like with me, I'm one dude doing everything from drawing on the computer to, you know, personally like applying the lettering to a lanyard that we sell or making a toe strap or, you know, stapling a package and putting it in the mail. Like I do all of that stuff and correspondence has to take place through email for me. And it's that way with just about everybody, you know, you don't expect to get great service when you immediately start off by bashing somebody online and then, you know, it's like, that's not the way it's like, you'll ask somebody and be like, well, have you contacted them? No. You know, that's always the answer that you see everybody say, no, I haven't yet. And it's like, well, what are you doing here? You know, like you're looking for attention and you're seeking validation from people going, oh yeah, that is bullshit. You know? Yeah. You know, and it turns into this big conversation that by the time the manufacturer gets involved, the damage is going to be done already. Like how willing do you think they're going to be to help you out after that? You know, they're not going to, you know, if you're being just a complete ass to them online and you're throwing this big, making a scene, you're not going to get the results out of them that you want. Like be nice, be respectful, treat them as you would if they were standing right in front of you. You know, it's, there's just this massive lack of just patience and manners and going through the appropriate channels right now. And I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I consider myself to be pretty reasonable 
And I can't for the life of me understand why someone thinks they're going to get their issue resolved by being a dick on social media. I don't get that. Yeah. No, I get it. And, and like, it's actually funny that your, that, you know, response kind of ties into like this next one from art Eastridge. Um, he he basically says, I have too much to say about this to write it down. You'd have a novel in your comments, laugh out loud. In short, it's a double-edged sword. It's great to have company reps and sometimes owners in the groups actively participating using the platform for feedback, product improvements um, at a much faster pace than before, uh, social media. And then it says, on the other hand, it can foster some pretty ridiculous trauma, which is very true. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, you know, the when when I hear like him use the term drama, it's kind of like the damage you're saying. It's the whole song and dance on, you know, social media, and it's almost like one more thing for the business standpoint to actually have to monitor to keep you know from having a, I guess, what can you say, like a digital black eye? I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I had this conversation with with a friend of mine who's, you know, I want to say, I guess we'll say about 15 years older than me. And he was always saying that, you know, back when he got into business, he said the biggest thing you had to worry about when it came out was Yelp. You had to worry about a Yelp review. It's like now you got to worry about like 20 different reviews because people can review you on everything. So it's like, well, people you know, can review you without even buying your product or dealing with you. And that's what sucks is there's no control over it. Yeah. Because like anything, you know, something was created out of like a certain, you know, purpose or a, you know, reason for it, you know, like the first person that came up with Yelp was probably, like I said, is, you know, the idea behind it's great. It's for people to interact, share their experiences with other businesses. So you can make an, uh, form, you know, an informal decision on what you need or what product you want or services or where you want to take your car to get it looked at, you know, or buy your groceries without, you know, having to actually firsthand go there if you're, you know, that lazy to figure it out. You know, like you're like, oh, look, I heard about this new place. Let's see if it's good. You know, n now, you know, one person could give out their own opinion and it, you know, could mean nothing. They might, they may have went there, um, you know, and are not telling you the whole story or maybe they're just making it up because they secretly know the person who owns the company and just don't like them and they want to you know write something bad like I said I think the intentions were originally good but like anything anybody can bend it to do what they want to do with it same thing with social media you know that's why I agree with the whole double-edged sword because you know it started out as a way to you know be social with people you know share your picture share this share that but of course you know without any kind of like boundaries it'll just keep you can you know manipulate it to do whatever you want yeah it's yeah it, it it's not as pure as it was <laughs> a long time ago and you know just quick story i i actually turned off the reviews section of the sor facebook page i didn't know you could do it but i did and the reason why is like there's just 
dumb shit that people would post. So we got this one message from a guy or, you know, review from a guy who's throwing this big fuss, you know, oh, shitty customer service and the shipping was terrible and blah, 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 blah. Well, what you didn't see is the fact that about a week later, the dude messages me and says, oh, hey, as it turns out, I forgot to change my shipping address in PayPal. And so that's why it's showing delivered on your end, but it, I never got it because I forgot to change my address. Well, again, the damage has been done. You know, this dude just said all this crap online and come to find out it was his own stupid fault, but the damage is done and, you know, now that's something that's irreversible. So to combat just the idiots out there that fire off their keyboard first without thinking, you know, it's like turned it off so I don't have to deal with it. No, I hear you. And I don't. And it's weird with Facebook. I don't get a whole lot of notifications. Like, I mean, I'll see. The problem is, is like you know how you have the notifications icon. I think it's like the bell, and it's mm-hmm. like this huge list of stuff you scroll down and stuff you haven't seen is like highlighted in blue or whatever. And it's like, yeah, there's so many notifications I have that it's like I miss like if we're mentioned somewhere or tagged and it's like, there's a lot of that stuff for some reason that I just never even see, you know, like I, I don't get notified. Like I turn notifications off on my phone because honestly it would be chiming all day long because I've got, you know, SOR social media account, scale show media account, my personal one. And then there's this diehard RC stuff. Like my phone literally would be making noise the entire day. So I have all my notifications turned off on my phone because it, it's silly. It's not practical and there's no way you can stay up on top of it. So it's gotten to the point now where it's like, I'm just not even, you know, I'll address stuff through email or whatever, but like, I'm not going to argue with people online being dumbasses and stuff. Like I'm just, you know, I don't have the time for it. You know, it's like, I can barely keep up as it is. I mean, we're like operating at capacity right now. And you know, the last thing I need is just dealing with somebody's drama. So, yeah. And that kind of like, it's funny how all your answers keep tying into like each thing as we're like going down. I refuse um, to believe I'm that smooth. It's got a, it's an accident. <laughs> uh, Dan Sutherland says we live in the day and age where people are glued to their phones and would rather text someone their issues than tell them face to face. You almost have to be on social media to save face and help others with questions. Yeah, you're held uh, hostage. <laughs> you are. You're pretty held much, hostage. Pretty much. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. Like I said, like, like kind of like what you were saying, I, I turned off all notifications on my phone because it's bad enough that my phone goes off all day long for work. And it's like add in all the other pointless notifications. Oh, boy. My phone would like literally, it would probably, from the time I wake up to even making it to the job site, my phone would probably be dead. Yeah. If, if, if I really had like let all the notifications, all the other stuff I get on top of, like I said, work. Oh, yeah, if dead. you're a business owner, it's not realistic. It just isn't, you know? I mean, there, there's no way around it. It's not realistic to try and keep up with all that. You can't, you know? And, like, Brandon was Brandon Kuntz at Vanquish was handling the issue that is what inspired this entire topic to begin with. And he's an engineer. He's not a customer service guy. And, like, he's even, like, scrambling to try and put this fire out that this – dummy started you know with complaining about their shitty service and having to send an axle back and stuff and it's like dude you can't i mean 
the the whole story was so dumb. I mean, you can't you can't expect a couple, you know, a hundred dollar axle to just be shipped out to you. It's like they want the other part back and then they'll send it out and replace it. That's not bad customer service. That's as one person put it, somebody along the line screwed them over doing something like that, and that's what ruined it for everybody. You know, so well, it's, yeah. it's not it's like, customer service, it's smart business practice. No, it is because you know what? Like, you know, there are I mean, there are some companies that don't want the part back, you know. And there's others that take into consideration they want to see more proof than you just saying, oh, this is bad or that's bad. Like in right. my line of work, I there's there's some companies we've dealt with. Like, for instance, we've installed some fireplace units where the controls go out, you know, like the remote stops working or the the transmitter stops working. And we contact the supplier. We let them know what's going on. We explain everything to them. And they go, all right. We're going to send you a new part. Okay, what do you want us to do with this old one? You want us to send it back? Nope. No use to us. Throw it out. We could be totally BSing and they could be sending us a new thing. That's totally up to them to take that you know, into consideration. That's just how they're doing business. Then there's other companies um, that are way more strict and they're like, no, we need to see the part because we need our people to test it to verify if it really is bad. Then we'll go through the, you know, the, um, the warranty phase after we determine you know which in a sense is kind of frustrating because it's like oh now that I just drug out this whole process but like I said you know it's it, it's the way it is and also some companies want the parts back so they can do more research to see why did this happen how can we improve it and you know yeah go exactly you know like that uh, that's just smart I mean and the, one of the really funny things is the dude commented and said, you know, these these parts cost them pennies. And I'm like, bullshit, dude. Like, no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, th that that couldn't be any further from the truth. And I didn't even go down that road with him. You know, like, it, it's funny because I I find myself, like, defending what the dudes at VP go through often for some reason and i don't know why like i th i think it's because i kind of just feel their pain you know um everybody rides them really hard about availability and stuff like that and things being back order but it's like they only have so many machines that can be cranking out parts and that's exactly the way it is with me i only have so many printers that can be cranking stuff out and there's nothing you can do to speed that up and in vanquish's case you know, somebody's like, well, just buy some more equipment. Well, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars for these CNC mills. Like, you don't just buy another one. It is like a giant, giant purchase. And in my situation, if I were to add, like, let's say another inkjet, you know, that's $75,000. You know, like, no, it's not going to happen, you know. And people need to understand in the RC industry, it's not like automotive or power sports like with motorcycles and ATVs and stuff like that. It, it's you're talking way less units being sold. The majority of all the companies in RC are very small people. I mean, like I think Hobby Wing only has like one or two employees on staff in the U.S. You know, like these aren't big organizations. And unfortunately, living in this day and age where you can get something on Amazon in two days that spoiled people and they think that is, you know, and Amazon has really good like hassle-free returns and stuff like that. Everybody expects everything to be 
on par with how Amazon does stuff. Well, Amazon is a massive, massive multi-billion dollar company with thousands of employees. We aren't like that, you know, like RC isn't like that. It's not that big. And no, these parts don't cost, you know, pennies like people say. It There is a lot of cost associated with it, especially with something like with Vanquish. Like they're not making money hand over fist. You know, if they were, they would have you know, 10 machines and nothing would be on back order, you know, and you wouldn't be waiting, you know, six months for the, you know, Q series light pods and stuff like that, which I saw just recently came back into stock, you know, and, um, I, I, I don't know what the, the solution is to that. Um, you know, you can try and educate people, you know, I had some health issues and I tried to explain that to a guy and he's like, I don't care what your excuse is, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey dude, like I physically could not work like my hand didn't freaking work there's nothing i can do i made posts about it i kept everybody informed i'm sorry you happened to miss that one but that's just how it is and like the dude was a complete ass about it you know and it's just people don't understand what it is like to be in a business you know especially a small business you know doing this on your own and uh i don't know what the answer is you know i i i don't think educating them is the answer because people are dumb and they're lazy and they don't want to uh they don't want to listen or understand or take the time to listen or understand you know it's like it's instant gratification they want their stuff they wanted it yesterday and for whatever reason they act like rc car parts are vital to them being able to get to work the next day and put food on their table and it, it it's just not a reality i mean it, it it's really silly and trivial when you think about it and actually this is leading right into brad geck's comment of people on the outside looking in getting into the hobby you know and this is something we've said before too is you know imagine you are new to scale rc you saw it in a magazine or you saw it at a park and a guy was driving a crawler and you want to get into it so you know you get on you buy a car you get on facebook join a couple groups you have people calling you dumbasses when you ask questions. You have people giving you smart-ass answers like Google is your friend or YouTube when they could just literally in the same amount of letters type out the answer to their question. You know, the same exact effort put into telling them to look it up on their own, you know, is <laughs> they could have very easily answered that question instead. But I don't know why people are being such assholes about that and being on the outside looking in. I wouldn't want to be in this hobby. I, I would look at it and be like, man, these guys are a bunch of jackasses. Look at them fighting and stuff over toy cars or they're fighting over what tires better and calling each other names and stuff and telling them to F off. Like this is over toy car tires. Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Screw these guys. You know, this is, this is terrible. I'm not, you know, I don't want to do this. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, like I personally know somebody who got out of the hobby due to kind of like that mentality. I guess you could say it's like kind of like mob mentality-ish. You know, like something happened at an event and people were accusing of other people. And, of course, you know, one person can't defend themselves, you know, and say this, that, and the other. And people are, you know, and instead of just like, you know, acting more adult about it, the one guy just finally said, you know what, I'm done. And sold off all of his cars and not into the hobby anymore. Which that is terrible. Like that, that's like a tragic scenario, honestly. Like, 
you don't have the right to ruin someone's fun and let them enjoy something that they want to do. You know, like you do not have the right to take that away. And it just, it takes an extra shitty, petty kind of person to push people to that. Well, and in the word, and the saddest part about the entire thing is, um, you know, it wasn't just him. His family was into the hobby, which is extra lame. So, like I said, due due to you know a lot of things, I'm not gonna say who it is. I'm just saying, you know, and I'm also trying to be as, you know, I guess blatant about it too, because like. You know, you know how there's some people that want to tell a story, but they don't want to say anything without getting in trouble. But at the same time, they want to say as much information so you can figure it out right. without them having to say it. I'm not even trying to go that far either, um, because there are some people that listen to the show that would probably know who it is. Um, so I just don't want to get. I just don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It is crazy that you know nowadays that's what happens. And um, yeah. It's just, you know, like I said, it's mob mentality. And yeah. then also, um, like Jade um, Warburton, you know, has a very good point too. People forget that these are toy cars. This is a hobby and should be a place you can go to de-stress, have fun. I avoid Facebook groups because of the drama and having to defend everything you post. On IG, I try to be helpful, welcoming, and non-judgmental. I'm not a business, but I still want newer hobbyists to feel like they can ask questions and get real answers, which is a good way to look at it yeah. um, and a very good way to be. Uh, it's Like I said, it is hard too because, like I said, it sometimes it is frustrating when somebody, you know, like we all know those people that like, you know, and I'm I'm sure it's it's happened to you. I know it's happened to me. It's like it's like when you try to sell something on Facebook, and they don't take the time to read through the th- the post oh, and yeah. ask the most blatant <laughs> question, and you're just like, really? It's kind of like, and I can understand why some people would be like, oh, Google is your friend, because they're like, you know, irritated at the fact that you asked the most simplest question in the world. But you know what? It's like, and that's why it's kind of hard, and it's like that's where the whole double-edged sword thing comes into play, because it's like. You know, yeah, they're looking for somebody to help them, but at the same time, if it's a like blatant question that like you really didn't need to like get on, you know, Facebook and ask, like it's like a common sense thing. I could feel for some of the people getting irritated. Maybe not answering that way is the best way, but I can totally get the frustration. Sure, I, mean, like, I get that. I mean, some people are kind of dumb and they just it's they're lazy and it's easier to just ask, you know, type and ask for help than it is to actually try and solve the problem yourself. You know, so, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't take much to just sit there and help somebody out and answer their question. And like, I I saw one guy at one point who's all, you know, well, we had to figure it out when we started this hobby and blah, 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 you know, so figure it out yourself too, just like we had to. Like, I mean, I've seen some really horrible answers and it's just, why? You know, why? Like, that. that's why I don't understand is like, what personal gratification are you getting from being a jerk to that person right now? You know, like, it takes a lot of effort to be that shitty to somebody when you could just be helpful and feel good about yourself and yeah you know i helped somebody out that needed it you know but like what is the enjoyment that people get from being assholes online yeah um it's one like i said it's one uh part of like i said about like it's almost like today's 
you know, just, I guess, culture, you know? Like, um, like in Dan Sutherland's post, like, you know, where people are addicted to their phones, like, trust me, I know people who literally cannot put their phone down the entire day. It has to be in their hand. Like, they can't even have dinner without it being in their hand because it's like, you know, like they have to be connected to something. And the funny thing is, and like I'll even say it too because this one I really don't care about, my cousin, prime example. I have a cousin, if I call him, won't answer the phone. You text him right after he didn't answer, boom, answers in two seconds. You're like, really? You know what's <laughs> funny about that is I'm that same way and I can't tell you why. I don't know. Like I'll text I'll text somebody for an hour, but talking to them on the phone, like I don't know if I don't have the attention span for it or what, but like and it's not even like a business thing. Like I dread talking to like family members on the phone even. Like I, I don't like it. Like the phone will ring and I get like anxiety, <laughs> you know. I'm just like I well, But I'm also really, really introverted though too, you know. I mean it's For I, me I like the phone call because you can get there's too much can get lost in translation and in a text you get what i'm saying oh yeah like no you're 100 percent right like somebody could totally answer something and if you're reading it as a text you could be like are you serious what a dickhead yeah oh, like that your your like, mood when you read something has a lot to do with Yep. You know, setting the tone. And most of yep. the time, it's all in your head. And I'm guilty of that as anybody. And that's like, I mean, I think we all are. But I mean, that's why personally I like the phone call because then you can actually get it across. And sometimes, I'm sorry, I'm just too lazy to text it all out, like to write that all up. I was like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could just tell you. Because that's the other thing, too. Some stuff gets lost in the, what you're trying to say, especially from like a business standpoint, like, you know, dealing with customers and stuff, like, or clients. Like, for me, like, there's been times where we come up, like, we find an issue. You know, we open up a wall and there's hidden stuff. And now you need to explain everything to these people. And it's like, you try to tell them that over text, they could be like, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? Just fix it. And it's like, sure. no, there's bigger issues. Like, you need to, like, hear what I'm saying. So that's where, like, phone calls, you know, at least to me, seem, like, more logical. Right. But, right. Uh, but like I said, there are there are people that, like, you know, they literally have to be, you know, like, I know they make those, there's those TV sitcoms where they make the jokes, like, oh, you know, she's got to be on here to, tw to tweet about it 24-7, you know, or she needs to post it on Facebook, like, you know, like, I get it, you know, there's, you know, there are those people they want, you know, and I, and I think what it is too is it's, people want their five seconds of fame, they want to yeah. be able, to, they want to be able to post something on Facebook that goes viral, they want to be able to post, say something on Twitter that goes viral, they yeah, want to be, wanna, they want attention, they're seeking attention, yep. mm -hmm. and with the people that are not contacting manufacturers first, and throwing a hissy fit, and acting like babies on Facebook, that is just <laughs> it, it, it's so ridiculous to me i mean it, it's you're just they're trying to seek validation all they want is somebody to pay attention to them someone to listen to them so that they can feel like they matter and people to go oh yeah you're right you know that is bs man you know screw those and you know and it's that kind of mob mentality and then all of a sudden it's like well, I'm in the right. And and that's all these people want to feel. They want the attention and they want validation. And 
that's the problem, especially with like trolls and stuff, because it's all based around attention. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, they just and, and it's so ridiculous to see dudes getting tough about RC cars. Like, there's nothing badass or hardcore about playing with toy trucks when you're an adult. You know, like knock the shit off. It's ridiculous and it's laughable. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen the RC gangs on Facebook? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> dude all of facebook is an rc gang <laughs> like it's um, just uh, okay and i'm gonna say this for the record i'm being sarcastic if anybody thinks i'm dead serious there's there's no rc gangs <laughs> there might so, be shit i don't know but um yeah i'm gonna start kind of getting through these because i know we're getting a little long in the tooth um it's a touchy so subject that's why yeah i know we probably could have just answered all these questions all night and could have forgot the winch thing. But, yeah. um, so um, I'm gonna come back to that one because it's. I want to finish up the ones that have to do with what we're talking about. Uh, Elliot Chapel, why do people think that rushing a company or being rude will work in their favor? Either the quality of the work won't be as good, or they'll just give up on you and refund and not do it. Um, that is you so got a point. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, you got a you got a point. Um, the sad part is, I think it's because everybody wants their soapbox. They want their, like I said, they want their limelight. They want their attention. So they feel, you know, they need to make a big deal about it. Is my opinion. Yeah, no, and that's that's true. And it again, it's the attention and validation thing. You know, we live in a very me first society now, and it's all geared around instant gratification and two day shipping, and that is the direction that things have gone you know and to answer Elliot's question um I actually don't know I mean there was a customer that I dealt with this week that was just absolutely terrible you know and I was just like hey dude how about I just refund your money like I don't have the time to sit here and do this with you you know and I've I don't know how but I finally got everything turned around and now the guy just loves me and is super happy but like that's the thing it's like if somebody's being cool like i know me personally i'll go the extra mile for them you know if i have a customer it's easy to work with and they're friendly and it's everything's smooth i'll throw extra stuff in with their order you know i'll give them things i'll you know like i i'll i try and make it a practice to reward people for acting appropriately you know and mm -hmm. if you approach me by being rude like you're not going to get anything out of me it's like you know what dude screw you you know i'm not gonna go the extra mile for you you know you're being a jerk and i'm not gonna give you what you want you know like if you're gonna take that tone with me i'll just refund your money and you can go somewhere else because i don't have the time or the energy to put up with it and i really don't know what people are thinking i mean this week was just gnarly like i mean between team stuff and then having you know, some just really weird customer messages and stuff that ended up being fine, you know, and handled. But I mean, it's just been really weird. And I don't get why people think that they're going to get help when they're being shitty to somebody. Cause you know, it's a really dumb old saying, but it's like, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Like it's true. You know, it, it's a hundred percent true. And I'm a perfect example. Like the tone you set with me, determines 
my reaction. So if you come at me in a friendly way, I'm going to be awesome to you and I'm going to go the extra mile and, you know, we're going to have an awesome relationship, you know, as far as a manufacturer and a customer. But if you're rude to start with, I'm not going to just smile and take it. I'm just going to be like, hey, dude, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this. This isn't the way people act. And I don't know who you think you are or who you think you're talking to, but I'm not going to put up with it. And I think it's getting to the point where a lot of people are taking that stance. I mean, I've seen Jim Eaton from uh, Vanquish do it, you know, because people were actually criticizing him for having personal time. You know, somebody told him to get off his ass and get to work so that they could get their parts that were on back order. And he flipped his lid and made a big post about it online and stuff. And uh, it, Dan Davidson from Beef Tubes, he's got a couple comments and questions here too that were kind of tying that's, into all of this. And yeah, yeah I mean, same thing. You know, he's like, I'll defend my business all day long, you know, and it's like, I, I agree with that. And like I said in the comments, like there is a time where you have to kind of swallow your pride and be like, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. We will try much harder. And, you know, there are those moments, but, you know, if, if somebody immediately is like, where's my stuff? This isn't hard. It's just a sticker. You have my money. Where is it? You know, it's like, whoa, dude, like, hold on. Like, I make everything when you order it so there's no, like, shrinkage of the pieces so that they're, you know, they're going to fit. Vinyl has a shelf life, and if something sits, it shrinks, and then your wrap's not going to fit because the vinyl's smaller than when I cut it. So for that reason, everything is made when somebody orders it. Plus, everybody wants their stuff customized and have a logo or change something or whatever, so I try and accommodate that. And it's like, it takes time. It, it's not, you know... It's not Amazon. None of us are Amazon in this RC industry, you know, like A-Main is kind of an exception to the rule because they stock a ton of stuff and get it to you usually in three days, just about, you know, to most of the country. They even opened up a warehouse on the East Coast just to accommodate those customers better. They're probably the most high volume business in this hobby and they have the staff and the manpower to do stuff like that and that's awesome, but... That is a very, very uncommon thing to find in this hobby because, you know, like a big RC business will have, you know, maybe 10 employees. You know, it, it's not massive like people think. Yeah. Um, sorry, lost my place. Okay, because you already took out the Dan Davidson one. Christopher uh, Schumann, to be or not to be on social media – as an owner has its ups and downs. It can be gratifying to see people using your products and creating beautiful builds. It can be discouraging to see negative comments about your own products, regardless whether it's an end user error or manufacturing issue. Both are possibilities. No one manufacturer is perfect. The benefit of owner of the owner or representing being online is that no one knows your products better than you. Being on social media gives you your customer base the opinion to get fast and accurate support, or the option, sorry. Um, sometimes, holy moly, this is an essay. Dude, sometimes, but he's right, though. Like, man, this guy is on point, and he's very smart. Like, he's... Yeah. I like this dude already. Sometimes, um, on rare occasion, a customer will take the lower road and instantly blast a product publicly before even reaching out to the company. It's unfortunate, but it happens. It's part of owning a company 
any company in these circumstances you will likely will not be able to make the customer happy no matter how hard you try the easiest and most yep. self-respectful route uh, I think that was supposed to be is to take them not or to make them not a customer refund their money cut losses move on yeah uh, it is not time or cost effective to argue, belittle, or offer replacement with customers like this. Other cases are much easier. You simply have the opportunity to educate your customer or get good positive feedback and can improve your process or product, whichever is in order. Long story short, I think it is important to maintain your own dignity, composure, and self-respect. Respond in the most professional manner possible given uh, the circumstances. Our actions and responses reflect on us, and many have an impact on the support you receive from both the community and other vendors. Think of it as applying for management position at a company you have worked at for many years. You are likely applying for the position well before submitting your resume. Your your previous actions will have an impact on your success, which is very true. If a company sees that all you do is blast companies, they're going to immediately like not even care. Yeah. They know your end game. They know what you're about. They know what you're trying to do. They're not going to be helpful at all. If you've had a track record of, you know, working with companies, trying to, you know, and it goes around that, hey, this guy actually, you know, maybe he is that person that happens to touch everything and it breaks, but, you know, he's he works really well with trying to resolve the issue with every, you know, you know, uh, vendor or company possible and hey help the guy out he's you know a good yeah. guy you never know yeah and that's the thing people forget like all of us talk to each other like a lot of us business owners talk to each other and like we know who the troublemakers are you know like there was somebody i was talking to the other day that um had brought up this chris evans guy and i think it's a fake name and fake account but like the dude's just a jackass on every group page and just a troll, you know? And it's like, that dude is like famous in the circles of manufacturers and nobody wants to touch him or have anything to do with him because of it. And, uh, you know, it's like it, and that's what people forget, you know, when they do the online hissy fits and stuff, it's like, man, you know, all of us talk to, and, you know, we see what you guys are doing. And if we see what you're about, we don't want to do anything with you. I mean, I, cut ties with a, uh, with somebody today and they turned it into an online hissy fit. You know, it's like exactly like what he's saying. Sometimes it's better to cut your loss and just walk away from it. And I attempted to do that and, uh, they decided they wanted to make it a public spectacle instead. And, you know, it, it's, he's right. I mean, everything that dude said is a hundred percent correct. And, uh, I don't know. Chris, whoever you are, I want to be your friend now because, man, you got a good level head on your shoulders. Watch, he probably already has a friend request in you and you haven't even looked. Dude, I would for sure. <laughs> like, honestly, it's like if if I had the money, like, I'd be like, dude, come to work for me and just handle customer service stuff because he's not wrong in anything that he said. And honestly, like, that guy, like, that is the type of person that you just – wish you could deal with every day because they get it, you know, like they understand. And I mean, that guy's clearly a normal level headed person who knows what the appropriate channels are. And it, it does, it's not rocket scientist, 
you know, rocket science. It's not a difficult thing to understand. Like, just do stuff right. Be nice. Like, that. that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, I saved this one for last mainly because uh, I've been trying to, as we're reading and answering questions, trying to come up with a way to properly answer this without creating any kind of an issue because I have my own, I guess, personal opinion like we all do about answering this one. But here it is. It's from Chris Trudeau, Ot6 versus Chudu's. And if you don't know what Chudu's are, that's the China knockoff. That's what the nickname, the slang term has been for him. Either of you follow discussions happening on Ot6, Ot6's page. Do small companies have a greater responsibility than large ones to be uh, transparent? Are customers just overly picky or have higher than expected expectations when it comes to refunds, returns, or exchanges? Are there just some people who will never be happy regardless? He, yeah, so, yes. he's right. There are some people that will never be happy regardless. Are customers just overly picky? There are some customers that are. They're super picky. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, and it's your it, – honestly, I, you know, that's why I always love, like, walking into, like, you know, the old school, um, you know, mechanic shops or even some of the stores still have them up. That, say, that sign that says we have the right to refuse business to anyone or any person, da-da-da-da-da, you know. Like, it's, you know, you do have that option too. So, like, if you just don't want to deal with those people, just don't deal with them, you know. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you do have that op that option, you know, and then just take the consequences as they come. Um, Which is then, then posting on Facebook and having a fit. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, then do small companies have a greater responsibility than large ones to be transparent? I don't think um, you have a responsibility to be transparent. No. It's really got to be what you want to do. And I kind of – I have a feeling I know where that's coming from because he asked us, do either of us follow discussions happening on OT6 pages? I do not follow OT6 um, for many reasons. Um, Same. One, one being – and like I said, I don't want this to be like – I don't want anyone to hear this and like they take it as slander or belittling or anything. The owner of Ot6 is very – like for lack of better words, like he said, transparent. He has no problem telling you how it is and he really doesn't care if you're right or wrong. In the end, it's always as what it's looked to be online. doesn't matter what the customer says. If they say anything that isn't what they want to see, you're automatically the enemy. They'll boot you off the page. Oh yeah. They'll, you know, they'll call you, you know, profanity names and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, and honestly, I don't think that's a way a business owner should act. Like, I know we've talked a lot about how, you know, customers and clients act, but there are ways for. I think right and wrong for business owners to act, and I just honestly don't agree with the business practices um, online that Ot6 does. That's just my personal preference. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, and really, I don't feel like it's slander at all because honestly, all you have to do is just look at his answers that he gives people online, and I mean, he's an asshole to him. You know, like it, he'll flat out tell you, no, you're stupid, you know, and it's like, I don't know, personally, like 
with our team and stuff, I won't even sponsor somebody that's sponsored by Ot6. Like, if they have anything to do with that company, they're just blacklisted as far as I'm concerned. Like, there was a guy that I had come to me that was a good customer and stuff and wanted to have uh, some Ot6 stuff done on his wraps and stuff, and I just flat out told him, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I refuse to even put that guy's logo on anything I do. You know, like, I just, I strongly disagree with how he handles stuff. He's been an asshole to me, and he's an asshole to everybody online. It's not a secret. It's not slanderous, and you can see it anywhere. And, uh, you know, as far as the chudus and stuff go, um, honestly, you know, yeah, it sucks when people do knockoff things, but it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Well, the funny thing about it, too, is I've actually heard some people say that the knockoff ones work just the same, if not better than the originals. Well, his stuff is made overseas, so honestly, the, the shit probably is the same exact tire because he has no control over the manufacturing facilities there. And that's one of the reasons why there are Chudu stuff to begin with because it's pretty common practice in China that somebody will go to them to source something and have it made. And six months to a year later, you see your part online being sold on Amazon or eBay or anything like that. And uh, he rolled the dice and had his stuff made over there. And that is exactly what ended up happening to him. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I and I know you're saying it's not slanderous. I just don't want to ever make you know because like at the same time, I kind of view our podcast like a business. Like you know, no business owner ever wants to bash another business, right? You know, especially publicly. I mean, I'm sure it happens in what you call locker room talk or like you know sure. behind the scenes. But you know, you never want to publicly come out and like shame another company. But like I but you know, that's one company, like I said, it's, if, like I said, ironically, it's transparent, you know, go online, you know, look at anything you see, it is just, you know, ridiculous the way he treats you, and especially when you're the, when you're the customer, and like, I've even seen it happen to people that simply ask the simplest question, Yeah. you know, and he just will rip you a new one. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, and and that's just it. And, like, I can't stress that enough. We're not trying to be slanderous. Literally anybody can get online and see this happening. So it's definitely not news to anyone. So, you know, I I do feel that we have a responsibility to be truthful in everything here. And uh, I I know this is kind of a gray area we're getting into. But at the same time, like I said, none of this is a secret. And you can just go see for yourself. So... Yeah. So like I said, so I guess to sum it all up, there's, I, in my opinion, proper ways for customers and clients to act, and there's proper ways for business owners and P- shareholders, whatever you want to call it, you know, to act too. So, um, you know, and I think everyone just needs to step back and like, you know, we've said it before, and I don't want to make, I don't want to like drag this out any longer than it is, but I mean, it's like people just lost the, I guess the humanity aspect because like, you know, back in the day, you know, the people used to drive down the street or walk down the street and they'd say hi to the, to the person walking. It could be a total stranger. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good day today. How's it going? You know, now it's like 
you could be outside and if you say something to them, they look at you like, Ugh, I don't know you. Why are you saying hi to me? It's like that's the kind of thing that's just starting to like being brought into like everything that we do, every day-to-day life, like social media, you know. It's like if if you don't know who this person is, you're not going to like interact with them. You're going to like, you know, pick on them or whatever, you know. It's like I don't know. That's that's kind of like the way I see it now. And yeah, no, it, I agree. It, you know, it's it's rare to have somebody hold a door open for you or say thanks when you do open a door for them. I mean, it's, oh, don't even get me started, dude. I've done that, and people have looked at me like I'm crazy for holding the door open for them. Like they're just blown away, you know, and they don't know what to say. Like it, and it's sad, you know. I mean, it, it's like it it sucks that we've deteriorated to the point of where that's now considered normal behavior, and you know that's it's it's a huge bummer um you know part of the reason why i have tried to engage with people more on facebook with sor and stuff is because i do want to bring some of that humanity to my brand and let people get to know me because i kind of feel like if people knew me as a person and knew what the ins and outs were of this job and just kind of the daily challenges that I'm faced with and stuff. Um, you know, I, I choose, you saw the big long post I made on the team page the other day where, you know, I, I am pretty open about, you know, financial stuff and everything with work. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I do it so that people have a better understanding, you know, and so that that's kind of my reason for trying to be more active on Facebook now than I have been in the past, because if I can get people to understand what the steps are of this business and the volume that I do and how it is just one person, you know, people always say, well, just hire somebody else, you know, it's like, well, you don't understand what my overhead is like that. That's not a solution that you're presenting here it's like you know of course i thought of that but i mean it i I feel like everything would go a lot smoother and people would be cooler to deal with if they understood that it's like you know hey this stuff takes time and i do make it to order and i do put my heart and soul into everything that i do you know it's like i do every step of what happens here and i care very much about it and i take it all very very personally and so does all these other business owners, you know, there's, there's people like with hot six where they're at the other extreme where they care so much that they're terrible to people. And then there's the guys like me that care so much that, you know, they are trying to open their own world up to everybody else so they can kind of see what happens and maybe develop a little bit of appreciation for what they do. And I see Jim with VP doing that a lot, talking about, set up and um, machining and, you know, the tooling for these parts and what's a quicker way to get stuff done faster. And he, uh, he shares that with the people that follow him on Facebook. And so, you know, I, I see him kind of trying to do the same thing I am and that's bring some of the behind the scenes struggles and challenges that we face as small businesses, bring that to the surface for people to see, you know, and I think that's good. I I don't feel that any of us are obligated to do that by any means. Um, I think it's a choice. And for me, I, I feel like that's the right choice. And it seems like some other businesses do too. And I've, you know, I've seen it with beef tubes with Dan Davidson. We've seen it with Vanquish. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think a lot of us are starting to act that way and do these things to try and curtail all this shit talking online for lack of a better word. It, it, it's almost like a preventative measure. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, put a, put a face to the brand and bring some humanity to it. And hopefully people understand and it'll make everybody's life a lot more pleasant and be able to enjoy the hobby more. So, um, the Jim Eaton's and the Dan Davidson's of the world, like I, I feel you and I understand your struggle and I go through the, we all go through the exact same things. And, uh, you know, and we do talk to each other and lean on each other when we have issues and stuff like that and try and figure out better ways to address stuff. Um, because everybody cares, you know, like none of these businesses are trying to like rip you off for a $25 part and, you know, like tarnish their image online forever and get this digital black eye, like what you had said, which is a perfect way of putting it. Um, nobody's trying to do that. You know, it's like everybody's doing the best they can. They're trying to help people the best they can. They're trying to make stuff faster, better, get it shipped out quicker. Um, everybody cares. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing this and have their whole life finances, heart and soul sunk into their business. You know, it's like we care about the hobbyist we care about the hobby we care about the general atmosphere and the level of fun that people have you know and i want to make cool looking parts for people to put on their cars i want to do stuff that makes people proud to show their rigs off you know and when i build display vehicles and stuff like that for work it's like it's not a competition it's not you know i can do it better than you or anything like that it's like we're trying to inspire people and you know, it's like, Hey, look what I did. And it wasn't all that hard. And with a little patience and time, you can do it too. You know, like with the stereo thing with the Ram charger, for instance, when I did the stereo system in it, you know, it, it's not trying to show anybody up or one up someone. It's like, I'm doing it cause it's cool. And I want to inspire people to go out and build stuff and show them that, you know, you can do something over the top or make something really neat without, you know, it, it's not magic. You can do it too. I, I managed to do it. There's no reason why you can't, you know, and all these businesses care about the hobby and people need to keep that in mind. No one's wanting to risk their reputation over one sale. So, you know, cut, cut them a little bit of slack. Yeah. But, you know, weren't you supposed to be like working on orders instead of making that subwoofer? Oh God. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had people say stuff like that, and like, dude, flat out, I've been like, hey, you know what, what I do at 3 o'clock in the morning why something's printing and I'm at work is my business, not yours. You straight up do not determine what my schedule is, so F off. Yeah, I was, like I said, maybe, you know, I'm one of those, uh, like, some of my some of my sarcasticness is very dry, so like, I hope nobody's listening going, man, this guy's a dick no i don't think so i mean obviously i know you're pretty good so you know but no it, it's i don't think you need to worry about that man <laughs> so but um yeah is there anything else you want to add oh um, yeah there, there is i saw something awesome in it god it's super funny because i was going to send a picture to you i was going to send a picture to travis and brett from diehard just sent a picture to me 
somebody and I've wanted to do this and I didn't have the resources to do it and somebody did it and I'm super stoked for them but I'm bummed out at the same time that I wasn't able to make it happen but somebody came out with an RC specific backpack for scale RC really freaking awesome dude absolute genius it looks killer I'll try and get the link posted Brett just texted me a couple minutes ago and said did you see this um I guess this kind of covers our new product segment but it is awesome and man i wish i could have been the one to do it because it it is a great idea and i hope that they do really really well with it because it is one of those things it is just a product that somebody thought of with a genuine interest of doing something better to accommodate the hobbyist and it's badass like it's got this awesome little like bracket on the back with some um, carabiners for holding a car so that you can attach a car to the back of it I mean it is it's a scale RC backpack it is specifically for that and it is so rad so I'll uh, I'll get that posted it, I was super excited wanted to share that with you earlier and it was just really funny because I saw my phone light up with a link to it and Brett's like did you see this you know so uh, yeah very very cool and we'll be sure to uh, get that put up so everybody can check it out it that's a pretty innovative product, so uh, huge high five to whoever did that. Yeah, I hope that does well because like there was a backpack that I found, I want to say almost two years ago that I thought would be really cool for RC, uh, and I forget where I saw it. It either popped up in like an like Instagram info, you know, sponsored ad, or it was on like YouTube or something. But it was like an outdoorsy backpack. They were. They were marketing it towards like people that are just outdoorsy people, people that go fishing, hiking, you know, whatever. Um, it had this one compartment that had a lever, so anything that was in it, you didn't have to take the backpack off to get to that pack to that part. You hit, you did something, and the thing would pivot around almost to the front of you, and you'd what? be able to unzip it. And I was like, okay, that in itself. Is everybody in the RC and in, in that goes out in RCs would put all their batteries in there because you'd never have to take your backpack right. off. You just fold it around, grab what you need, put it back, and it goes back. And it, I mean, it was cool. Little pricey, but it was cool. And then I remember, I mean, I'll be honest. I tried to get a hold of the company because I wanted to see, you know, if I could get one and maybe like, you know, like I asked, you know, point blank if there was anything I can kind of do because I said. We have Axial Fest coming up. If I wear this thing at Axial Fest, I guarantee you, you will have a couple sales from Axial Fest alone, you know. And they were like, "Oh, at this time, we can't, you know." Da 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 da. If you get a hold of us in the fall, we might be able to accommodate. And I'm going in the fall. I said Axial Fest will be long and gone by then. Yeah, and that's tough because people don't really know exactly how big axial fest yeah. is and like well, what an I didn't tell them, no i didn't tell them that i just said we have an event coming up and there's going to be a lot of people there and you know i just wanted to see because i like i said i almost want to say that backpack was upwards of like 200 dollars. so I, so i was like you know that's why i was like well hey if you can kind of like shave a little bit off of that i'd be gladly happy to purchase it and wear it at axial fest you know but it's like they were kind of, you know which i you got to respect you know and then you know you can't always expect you know and like i said i told him point blank i said i'm not expecting anything for free i just didn't know if there's a way you could help you right know, so that yeah. 
little more feasible because you got to remember the people we're dealing with, the price you'd be paying on that backpack, you can go buy a brand new car. So, yeah, that that's what the tough part. That's kind of the tough part to swallow with that whole deal. But but, it, but it's rad though. I mean, it's just I have a great appreciation for anything clever, or innovative to begin with. You know, like anything that is like building a better mousetrap, I'm instantly interested in. So I I think that's rad. You know, and this thing, I mean, it, it's it's really cool, and it's not some not very often you see something come along that's quite like this. So pretty rad and like we even talked about backpacks like didn't we have like almost an entire episode just talking about like the type of backpack to buy and like what to take with us and stuff because i think you and i were talking like most of us seem to choose like tactical military style backpacks because it seems to work really well for us but um this is kind of taking that platform and turning it into something even better so pretty rad yeah yeah. And I think most businesses like that outfit that you contacted, like, honestly, like, I I bet if they could, they absolutely would have. I, I, I think most businesses, if they're financially in the position to, you know, expose a new market to their product, they're going to jump on it. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure they weren't just being stingy or anything like that. If people are thinking that, you know, listening to this, it's just they probably would if they could. But that's just. Unfortunately, not always everybody's reality. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, but yeah. So maybe we'll revisit the whole backpack situation since we're getting closer to springtime where everybody's starting to like get back out of hibernation and going back to playing with RC cars. Yeah. Yeah, but, so it looks like he sent me a link to their website and stuff here. Okay. And it's sick how they're pitching it, too. They're pitching it as the whole adventure thing. It says, the adventure is in you. Everything you need is in our RTR backpack. Just kind of cool. They even called it, you know, RTR. Like, they use terminology that's familiar in RC. So, I don't know. Yeah. Some Somebody's pretty darn smart, and they're doing something right. So, that's really cool. Wish them success. Oh, yeah. Well, what? We're, dang, we're 10 minutes shy of two hours. So, it was... I was going to say, I knew we were going long in the tooth. That's why I felt bad. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I know it sounds like we're being kind of negative in this episode. I, I hope that people don't misconstrue it as trash talking. Instead, look at it as we're trying to shed light on a pretty serious issue that needs to be addressed because it's something that affects all of us with not just the hobby but social media and it affects our enjoyment and what we get out of this hobby and uh you know i just can't stress enough to just be everybody be cool to each other about stuff you know it's like you're nice to somebody 99 percent of the time they're going to be nice back to you if you're shitty to somebody 99 percent chance they're going to be shitty right back to you so just treat other people the way you want to be treated it's something that we were told in kindergarten and somehow it seems like all of us at some point as a society have forgotten that and it's kind of just one of those like fundamental life things and like honestly i mean you know, in the past, I wasn't always like the nicest and happiest person. And it took a lot of like wanting to better myself and figure out ways to become a happier person. And, uh, 
it, you really do feel better. So, I mean, if you have the chance to do something positive and compliment somebody on their rig or help somebody, you know, not only are you probably going to make their day by just flat out being nice to them, which is sad, but you know, you're going to feel better about yourself too, because I don't think anybody's ever felt bad lending a helping hand to somebody who genuinely needed it or appreciates it. So just try and remember that everybody just freaking be nice. Yep. I mean, unless you're one of those people that like other people being assholes to you, then, you know, treat them that way. Yeah, exactly. Which that, I, that's a, I don't even understand that breed of person, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, Anywho. thank you for listening to us ramble on again for the 36th time, which blows my mind to actually say that. We're over 8,000 downloads slash listens now, and uh, holy crap, I don't think either of us ever expected that. So thank you, guys. Um, we did post up some stuff about hats and things. Um so if there's any of you that are super diehard or somehow misguided enough to like us and want to uh, rep our show, um, we're looking to do some different things that you guys can purchase so that you can do that and help keep this train moving. So uh, that's it for me. Yep, that's all I got. All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and uh, hopefully you get to get out and play with some trucks. Yep. Um, maybe I'll talk about it next weekend since it, or next week since it'll happen this weekend. Saturday I will be at – if anybody's – like I don't know. Like I said, I'm just shot in the dark here. If anybody's in the SF Bay area, Foral Parts, Cheap and Truck Fest, Saturday, Sunday, Ooh. I will be – I will be there checking out all the one-to-one rigs, seeing what's what deals they got and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it'll right. be fun. Talk about it next week. Until then, see you guys next week.